to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com sluts and scholars is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment this podcast or any resources and emails from us as well as any opinions we share are not a replacement for therapy or medical care or advice none of the information resources or exercises mentioned in this show should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider the opinions and ideas expressed by our guests are solely their own. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I'm excited to welcome Colette. Colette is a professional dominatrix of 18 years. In her journey as a pro-dom, she spent the first decade of her career going deep into the art and practice of BDSM. Then she spent the last eight years going inward and contemplating the theory behind the practice of BDSM and has since developed an alchemical philosophy and spiritual approach to the art of kink that she shares through her work. As an educatrix, she teaches the art and practice of femdom and BDSM to women and couples. She also holds a PhD in education from UC Berkeley, which I will try not to hold against her, go Stanford, um, (laughs) where her research focuses on misconceptions and conceptual change. Through her teaching and writing, she dispels misconceptions about kink, sex work, and alternative sexuality, and guides women and femmes to find and cultivate their personal power by learning how to play with it in the bedroom, dungeon, and beyond. She also teaches an online dominatrix training course called Mistress Class that is coming up in a few weeks where she takes you on an immersive journey to show you every step it takes to become a dominatrix and come into your full power. She has guided and trained hundreds of women and femmes to become the dominatrix of their vision. Welcome, Colette. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Okay, so something I'm doing this season is starting it off by asking folks what the best sex, and again, define that really broadly, and or the most pleasurable thing that you've done lately. Uh, Would love to hear a story if you're willing to share. And again, for listeners, you know that I love to broaden the definition of sex. So we're not just talking penetration, we're talking any kind of play. Ooh, I guess I'm thinking about what I've been doing in the dungeon and I've been really enjoying more electro play with a violet wand these days. And so I've been really enjoying, um, have you seen the violet wand? I have for folks who don't know, maybe you could describe it a little bit. It's this electromagnetic device that was kind of like a use as like this, like old, like quack medical device in like the early 20th century. But now Mm -hmm. it's evolved into being this thing where you might see it as like it has like all these light bulb attachments almost. And it and it has like the glowing purple orange light. And um, another version of it is that it looks like um, one of those tools they use for facials. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I've been really enjoying using the contact uh, the, like attachment to it, where once you attach it to your body, then you can like become the conductor of electricity. And so like a kiss with somebody is sparks electricity. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like licking your nipples or just anything that just um, has this touch it creates like a spark and so i've been really enjoying the tease of that 
in, in my play. And yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. Electro play can be really fun. And I'm always laughing at like the intersection between like physical therapy and kink. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like there are um there's a type of um therapy for folks called PEMF that has to do with like electro kind of pulse stimulation and yeah. like the practitioner will stand on this kind of mat and then massage you and you'll feel the sort of electricity or whatever it is going through their hands and then here we are playing with kink and then like there's people who like cupping for physical therapy and then we play with it in kink. So right. there's yes. I'm, I love that yeah. there's this intersection of self-care and kink. <laughs> right. It's such a huge piece. And like, yeah, I love just seeing how the two blend so, so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And like, you just take it to the next edge and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It feels more intense. <laughs> well, it sounds super yummy. One of the things that I've seen you kind of refer to yourself as is a shamanatrix. Um, I would, as we're talking about this sort of intersection of self-care and kink, I would love to hear a little bit about the way you intersect BDSM and kink and spirituality and kind of what that's what that's been like for you, what that means. Yeah, I as I've kind of gone on my own journey of exploring my spirituality, I think a, a huge part of my awakening came through working with plant medicine. I've introduced that to to my work as well with my subs, and I would say that they're they're somewhat separate in the spaces where I don't blend too much of the kink with the plant medicine, just because I feel like they're both in themselves are our psychedelic journeys. Yeah. Yeah. Their journeys, they're edgy. And, and so a lot of my subs are, our novices have never explored psychedelics or they grew up in the sixties and they weren't part of that, the, the group who, you know, went deep into LSD. They just mm-hmm. like thought it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so this is their first introduction to it in a really safe container. And so I guide psychedelic journeys um for for my clients as well and i build rituals into it and so that they they set their intentions with this journey and they they go deep and far out and it's a space where they can get intimate with themselves as well as getting intimate with me and um and in a way it's like i I guide them through journeys in kink. It's the same process to some degree where they're stepping into the unknown. They don't know what's going to happen next. They're just allowing themselves to surrender to the medicine and where it wants to take them. And so um, the medicine is really like their dom in that space, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I I occupy a more nurturing role um, in that space than like a disciplinarian or. And so it, it it feels like they're they're being they're just doing the same thing they've done in the dungeon, which is letting go, mm. learning how to let go of their judgments, their preconceptions about what this is, and allowing themselves to just feel, be in their body, and see what needs to be seen with the mm. medicine. Mm. Anything that you think is important to keep in mind for folks who might be exploring that when we think of you know, consent and power dynamics and psychedelics? Yeah, I think that they, 
I think that it's really important to check in with your who you're working with to make sure that they feel absolutely comfortable. I don't go deep dive into any medicine first with anybody who's starting out. I always start with a microdose session so that they that's their first exposure to it. It's very, very mild. They're like, oh, okay. And then they feel ready for the mesodose or the, the full dose the next time. Mm-hmm. And so it's this slow process of getting familiarized with the medicine, really just meeting it and and being introduced to it and then feeling like they're ready for more, which is what I also do as a dom in a lot of my sessions where if I'm mm-hmm. going to introduce something new to them, I don't give it to them full on all like full yeah. intensity. I, I just give them a bit of it and they get a taste of it. And then the seed has been planted and then they beg for it next time. And it's the same process as what I do as a shamanatrix. I give them something where they're like, oh, that was so gentle. And I see what I see what you mean. I think that I'm ready for the next like level. And they, they tell me mm-hmm. when they're ready for it. And mm-hmm. so that's the, the part of consent that um, I think plays into this work with medicine. Mm. Yeah. What are some like spiritual i guess takeaways that you feel like you've seen for for subs or clients and for yourself in kind of exploring that intersection i think it's being exposed to another level of consciousness that mm-hmm. um allows one to realize that 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 the way they saw the world before is just one perspective and now there's a whole nother way of experiencing this this world and this realm mm-hmm. and with the medicine allows them to be able to access that that perception of reality and also to see themselves in a different way and i think that kink does the same thing as well where it's like they you know what you may never know that you're into golden showers strap on anal play until you've had that experience and all of a sudden you're like oh this thing that i thought was so wrong or not right and what i've heard about it is just like completely shattered it's like when once you experience that for yourself mm-hmm. you realize oh wow it's it's not like anything i thought of it's so much so much more than that. Yeah. That sounds so amazing. And I, I hear that it's like this, both ha- have this permission to like explore the shadow parts of ourselves or the shadow parts of mm-hmm. life and not, not in a negative way necessarily, but in like giving ourselves permission to explore. And then also mm-hmm. the, I think healing that can come from submitting to the flow of an experience and kind of adventuring into that. Yes, absolutely. And it's also the dissolving of the ego, Mm. right? And the ego is kind of what protects us from trying something new, stepping into the unknown. It's always trying to judge this thing that they're Mm -hmm. afraid uh, to to be exposed to and to be vulnerable to. And I think that both in kink and in psychedelics and plant medicine, it just starts dissolving those layers of ego, of judgment and and pushes you to be more open mm. to to what you thought might not be what you wanted. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, this is so what I want and need right now and didn't even know. Mm, interesting. I mean, there's so many different kinds of doms out there with different tastes and flavors. I'm wondering for you, what do you think makes a great 
femdom? Like, as you're talking about these different components that you include in your work, like, what are some things that you think creates a really lovely dynamic? I, I think it's the, you know, it's actually something much simpler than we think. It's like the ability to listen, to be empathic, to know exactly where the sub's at and, and to be able to know that, Hey, they're, they're taking a lot right now. And to share that with the subs, like, I know this is a lot. I know that you're being pushed right now. And, and I think that a good dom knows how to not measure their power by how much pain they give or how much their sub submits to them, but it's by, they measure their power by how much the sub is willing to give up that power, how much they are begging for that pain. And that's, I think, the measure of what, like, what I think, like, a really great dom is she knows how to guide you through this journey where you are being pushed to your edges, to your limits, and yet you want more. And I think that at the basis of that is, like, this deep trust in her, this knowingness that she's got you, even though she's pushing you. And so it's all the skills that you learn in how to be in a good relationship. You apply that to to your work as a dom and you take it to the next level, right? It's like great communication, great listening skills, deep curiosity and the other's experiences, your own, and also the merging of both your desires, feelings and boundaries, and then using all of that to create the scene and know exactly like the, the landscape of this playground that you get to play in and play with everything, especially the desires and the boundaries. How do you make something that feels potent, powerful, inspiring, and leaves a sub thinking, wow, I can't believe I did that. I wonder what what does that mean for like the rest of who I am outside of this dungeon? Does that mean that I could take on more than I thought I possibly could? Even if you identify as a submissive um, or more submissive leaning, do you think that we all have an inner dom persona? And if so, why do you think it's important to maybe learn to channel this at certain times? That's a great question. I think that we all may, I can't speak for everyone, but I think that we all do. Uh, I think that I never knew that I had this inner dom until mm-hmm. I became a dom. Mm-hmm. And I, this is what I share with all my students in mistress class. I, I say the dom comes out when the sub shows up. Mm-hmm. And until you have a sub, somebody who is willing to give you their power, you won't know what your inner dom looks like until that moment happens. And because BDSM and kink is such an interplay of a dynamic between two people or more, you can't play this game by yourself Mm -hmm. or you can't play this by yourself. You need somebody else to say yes to this power exchange. And so for most of us who haven't had the exposure of being connected with a sub or somebody who's submissive, that side of yourself won't come out Mm -hmm. and you won't even know that you had it. 
I didn't know I had it. I didn't know I was good at it until I just went into this work because I'm like, it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to explore it. And then once I started having these sessions, I was just like, oh shit, this is really fun. And this mm-hmm. is coming out so naturally. Yeah. I thought that I would have to think about what I was going to do or what I was going to say. But in the moment, moment when somebody is giving you their power and submitting to you, surrendering to you and and you're playing in this way, it will come naturally to you. And you wouldn't even know that you had it mm-hmm. until that moment arised. Yeah. I don't know what your feelings are about this, but as you were talking about like some of the qualities and one of that being like empathy and attunement, um, I think that some of the best, you know, doms potentially have also been willing to be submissive. And that doesn't mean they identify as much with that part or piece, but like folks who have been able to experience from the other side to really like make sure they know what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And well, you know, if you speak to a wide range of prodoms, you're going to get like both sides. Mm -hmm. There are some who are totally alpha and say, I've never submitted to anyone. I don't want to. And I still think I'm a great dom. So, but I, I do agree that if you are switch or you have had the experience of being a submissive or maybe you even had submissive fantasies like those things do help a lot when you are a dom like i think i'm well i i know i'm a switch and before i became a dom i had lots of fantasies that were kind of inverted or at least i never saw myself i never had the fantasies of dominating someone i always had the fantasies of either being in submissive situations or fantasies of like others, like fantasizing about um, others being submissive. And so I've had lots of those thoughts and ideas and fantasies to play with. Mm -hmm. And in my personal life, I've also enjoyed switching. And so I think that it does help a lot to know how a sub feels. And I remembered like, you know, caning, took on a completely different experience once I allowed myself to, to experience it firsthand. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's, it's so important to have the space in between the strokes to mm-hmm. let it sink. And like this, and now I know how to like give a caning that could last so much longer, so much deeper because I've had that experience myself. So yeah. I know how to take it to like a deeper place for, for my subs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know this is different, but for me, it's like, I would compare it to both being the therapist and being in therapy, mm, right? Where, yes. I'm, where I'm able to be like, when I talk to my clients, like, yeah, this work is fucking hard. I'm doing it myself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and like knowing that, of course, we're all different and experiencing things differently, but like being able to relate on that level. And yeah. for my clients, I also in terms of like, do we all have this inner Dom? Like, I do think we all have different parts of ourselves, you know, kind of like a a choir or a dinner party. And to me, it's about like finding, you know, a good balance with that, that inner choir, that inner band, um, that inner party. And so for folks that I work with who are more like submissive leaning, I guess I would frame the Dom part of them as like their self-parent, they're mm. like inner caregiver, their inner daddy, their inner mommy. Mm. And can they find little parts of that when they do need to like be an adult, right? Mm-hmm. And like call in that that voice when they do need to have that sort of inner parent step up. 
um, yeah. I think yeah. can be, be really important. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I, and it's so much fun to like find that balance among all the parts of ourselves. This podcast is sponsored in part by Dipsy. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S and S. Finish this sentence. I deserve a sex life that is what comes to mind. Whatever it is, you deserve pleasure, and Dipsy can help you get there in new and sexy ways. Remember, anything is possible in your fantasies. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women. Dipsy brings scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. And whatever your pleasure, they probably have something for you. They have stories to arouse your senses, and also sleep and wellness stories to ground your senses. If you prefer to read rather than listen, they've got you covered with written sexy stories. I use Dipsy when I'm not quite in the mood yet, but I want to be. Some of us need more time to find our desire, and that's okay. Give yourself that time with Dipsy. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash s and s. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A, dipsystories.com slash S and S, dipsystories.com slash S and S. And for some people, their fantasy is saving money. Enter our advertiser, Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. I definitely have so many random subscriptions that I don't need anymore and struggle to take the time to sort through them. I remember there used to be this app where it would give you like one line of a scary story at a time and you had to pay for more. I definitely fell into that trap and haven't done it in forever, but still had it for some reason. Uh, but Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. So stop throwing away your money, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash S and S. That's rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Now back to the episode. How have you seen this work help empower the femmes that you've worked with? And, and even if they don't want to become, you know, a professional dominatrix, like tell me about how you've seen this transform. I have seen the wildest transformations in this work. I think that when you take the steps to become a dominatrix, quote unquote, it could be for fun, lifestyle, or professional, it really does push you to a place of cultivating your personal power. You just have to. Like You can't uh, fake it till you make it in this space. It's really, as I tell my mistresses in my class, it's, it's you act as if until you are. You act as if you're a woman in feminine power until you are. And so I just seen so many mistresses like learn how to be in touch with their desires. You really have to know what you want and be able to express it. And 
I think that being a dom allows you to to give yourself this voice of expression of yourself that you may have not thought you could. Mm-hmm. And and when you're um, being when you're in a space with a sub who's asking you what what can I do to please you or make you happy, you really have to actually be attuned to your own desires, your own pleasures, and not be a people pleaser. I think it's probably the the most radical transformations are for those who are people pleasers, reformed reforming people pleasers, because this oh. is the work that really pushes you to to not try to please anyone other than yeah. yourself and to really know your boundaries. And I think that the, the work of um, being a dom or just playing in kink is really getting in touch with your desires and your boundaries and expressing them. And for many, that's something that uh, we don't get to practice enough of. Mm-hmm. And it's like we, we maybe only think we could do it with our intimate partners. And even then we may not we may be people pleasing as well. And so I think that being able to be in your fullest self expression of your desires, of your boundaries, of your feelings, creating a safe space for others to do the same. And in order to create a space for others to express themselves in that way, Mm -hmm. you have to actually have done that work yourself. And so it's really learning how to get intimate with yourself to get intimate with another. And so as they, for those who like have this desire to be a dom, they realize, wait a second, this is just, this is so much more than learning how to use a flogger and putting on latex Mm -hmm. lingerie. This is, this is, deep work on yourself. And it is about confronting your shadows that come up because you're going to be faced with all the doubts and insecurities of thinking you need to know how to do it all because mm-hmm. you think that a dom does, but it's actually the path of also very similar to the sub of surrendering to the things that feels mm-hmm. like uh, vulnerability or insecurities. You have to face all of it in, in learning how to step into your power. Mm, I really like how you were saying that and kind of drawing the similarity comparison between Dom and sub, like how they're it's both about yeah. like embracing and leaning into those those raw parts or those insecurities, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the journey is, isn't too different. It's like it's really learning how to let go, learning how to be fully present, embodied, and allowing yourself to feel all the things that come with this um with this path into the going into the unknown the unknown unexplored parts of yourself and i think that what it feels like for a lot of the women and femmes who take my class it's like they are learning how to explore examine and express all the parts of themselves, shadow, mm-hmm. shame, and all. And so I create a container that feels, inc- that is so safe for them to share everything that's coming up in this journey. The challenges, the triumphs, the shame, the shadows, like everything is coming up as you're wanting to to realize this vision and this dream and desire for yourself. And that is the work to be able to confront every everything on that path to your power because you will have to confront it. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to like know in your head that you 
maybe deserve and and to move out of people pleasing, but I think it's another thing to like know in your body, you know, in your cells to really feel that. And I'm wondering if there's a moment or have been moments that you can know sometimes it can be hard to describe what's happening in the body, but that you can sort of recall like feeling into that sensation of like empowerment, I suppose, and really being embodied and like what that feels like. I think you know when you've arrived like at another level of empowerment is when you have been able to express something that you never thought you could express before. Mm. That when you can share a desire that feels like a wicked desire, that feels like a forbidden secret desire, that's Mm -hmm. Like, I think the alchemy is in the expression. So it's taking what was a secret, what was a shame, what was an insecurity, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and being able to express it and own it as your story mm-hmm. and being proud of your story and knowing that that's, that's you, that's a part of yourself that you're open to sharing with another and becoming vulnerable because of that. And I Mm -hmm. think there's so much power in vulnerability and, and feeling that that vulnerability is actual pleasure as opposed Mm -hmm. to being afraid of it Mm -hmm. and being like, Oh my God, it feels so good to share this part of myself. Oh my God, it feels so good to say this. I never thought I could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something else that uh, you do, and I know you help do some work with the Breakup Boot Camp, which if folks don't know about that, um, it's this really awesome resource. You can uh, pass guest uh, Dr. Kat Meyer, who actually guided me to to your work, um, does some work there as well. There's a book, uh, Breakup Boot Camp. They have a workbook as well. Um, I've referred a, a lot of my clients there. So definitely if you're experiencing some heartache or want to explore your relationship patterns, um, definitely check it out. Um, in your work there, how have you seen kink and BDSM help heal broken hearts? Yeah, I love working with pain. And so I think a lot of people who've gone through heartbreak or something traumatic or just feels like a life crisis. And, and for most of us, our default mode is to like try to not feel that pain anymore, to not feel that suffering, to not want that. And what I share with the group is this is this is good. You're feeling something. You're feeling motivated to mm-hmm. to want to change whatever this is right now. Like mm-hmm. this is what growing pains is. Like you're in the moment of like profound growth right now. You're going to grow harder and faster than you ever had before. And it's actually by really exploring, examining and expressing that painful part. It's really looking at it deeply. Why does this hurt? What is it pointing to? It's usually pointing to our bondage. And we didn't see that bondage before until this moment when we're feeling so crazy and, mm-hmm. because it's so And intense. out of control and it's never going to go yeah. away and it's so horrible. Yeah, yeah so I, I work with pain to alchemize it into one's power because I think that mm-hmm. that's actually the place of power where it, where it resides. It's in the pain because that pain is always pointing us to our 
deepest truth that we somehow don't know how to work with or even confront, but that pain is pushing us to confront that truth. Mm -hmm. And once you could explore, examine, express that truth, it's alchemized into your power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also I'm hearing that it's inviting people to come back to like sensations and mm -hmm. also not to like categorize sensations as good or bad that like yes. pain is not bad pleasure is not inherently good that these are just like sensations and yeah. that kind of has that same overlap with what you were talking about with um psychedelics and just with kink and the journey in general of just like embracing and being curious about the unknown or about sensations that are happening and and then also like kink you've talked about it so much in this um you've used the word play so much and i think coming back to play in after heartache is so important to our nervous system yes yeah feeling comfortable to to go out again and explore something new right? and i think that that's really important and i think a huge part of play is that you don't think about it you don't judge it, it you just are in it and i think that that's what makes kink so powerful as you're talking about how we have these binary ways of thinking of things are good bad right wrong masculine mm -hmm. feminine right. dark light all of that but in kink you can't have any of those judgments you don't put anything into a category or else you lose that moment of being in it and the fun and play of it it's just being completely immersed in that moment and being fully embodied and present with it are you actually able to transcend these binary ways of thinking? And I think that once we can, you know, really melt all of that, like getting off on our pain, finding mm -hmm. freedom in that bondage, yeah. finding power and submission, you've like transcended your yourself, your ego. And, and I think that those moments of insight and aha, the, orgasms of explanation of like, oh, now I get it. Oh, I love that. The orgasms <laughs> of explanation. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's actually hitting the same parts in your brain. I remember there's this researcher at Berkeley, Alison Gopnik, who talks about it. She, the, it's like in the same way that we're driven to orgasms to procreate, we're also driven towards explanation for survival. It's in our evolution. I think it's hitting the same parts of our brain, the aha and the the pleasure of O's. <laughs> yeah. I like what you said about the, um, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but maybe like the finding pleasure in the pain, I suppose. And to yeah. me, I think, you know, when done with insight and intentionality, kink can be a place to like reclaim and re-narrate your pain and like be in charge of the pain, I suppose. Right? right. Like I see it almost as, I mean, this is a little controversial to say, uh, but I see it sometimes as like the maybe mindful adult version of like why young people like self-harm when they're feeling out of control. Mm. Right. Because mm -hmm. they're like, they just want to feel something or they need to be in control of something. And they're not sure like how to deal with their sensations. Mm -hmm. But I, like I said, I think when done, you know, with informed consent, when with knowledge, with intention, you know, this can be a way to find a new relationship with pain and control in a way that can be corrective and healing um, or even eroticizing the trauma that you're going through in a way that's helpful. Yeah. I think that power is in your choice and your ability to see the choices that you have. And so mm -hmm. 
in kink, it's all about choice. It's all about consent. And that's why the sub has just as much power as the dom because they are choosing to submit, choosing to experience pain and degradation, humiliation. And that's why it's so powerful because they can actually feel the power in saying yes to all these things that societal expectations and conditioning has told us that we should avoid. And when you say yes to it, it's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, have there been any like standouts for you of the favorite things that you feel like you've undone for yourself, like societal things you've undone in your journey with kink? Like for me, I, I think it's the coming back to play and permission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's so many growing up, there's so many things that we're told that we like should do. Um, mm-hmm. And in this like capitalistic culture of like what's next and what we should do and what we should do. Um, And then I think additionally, it always makes me sad to hear and to see even for myself as I become a quote unquote adult by age sense (laughs) that, that the play stops. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think it's been a space to invite more permission um, permission for desires, permission for play, permission for taking time for myself, permission for slowing down um, and creating a space where play is welcome. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I think that's been like the most important thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good, that's a really good one to unlearn and undo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think for myself or in my experiences with my subs, it is just allowing yourself to to experience what most people would want to avoid, like to like the taboo, right? Like to to play with things that are taboo is really edgy. And you know, if we talk about age play, if we talk about um, any of these things that are really really edgy in most contexts, you're going to get judged, you're going to get canceled, you're going to get, Mm. there's so much like, um, there's just so much judgment about these things. And yet I think what's really healing is to create a safe space where those things are explored with no judgment. Mm -hmm. And, And if somebody wants to go there and if you feel like you want to, guide them through that or be a part of it, it that's that's undoing what societal conditioning is telling us not to do right like even you know even peeing on someone right like that's like we're we're conditioned to think that's disgusting or that's gross but somehow in this context it is beautiful erotic intimate and um and it's really special yeah and so spiritual yeah yeah, yeah. could be even spiritual <laughs> yeah a very spiritual golden light shower yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um this podcast is obviously about like embracing multiple parts of ourselves and identities and if you're comfortable answering obviously folks if you're you know tuning in um for the clips and stuff um you're a little bit anonymous what do you think has felt important for you in um, being kind of pseudonymous in your work in this space? If you're comfortable answering. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a decision I made when I first started as a pro dom 18 years ago. Yeah. And it was, 
you know, as a way to compartmentalize my life. I was in academia at the time. My family mm -hmm. is super conservative. You know, mm -hmm. parents are immigrants who, um, yeah, just don't understand this, this world. Yep. And so I, I use it as a way to protect myself and to protect my family. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then like a decade into being a dom, my sister, who I told her that I was a dom, yeah. she added me to my mom. And oh, so, wow, that's, that sucks. Yeah. And so there, that was a moment of reckoning with the truth and having to, to um, be in my truth with my family. And mm. it changed my life. It really, um, yeah, it was such a good thing to, to not hide that from, from my mom. Mm. And, and it also was a moment where, you know, they were forcing me to quit and I had to choose between making them happy, quitting what I love or mm. doing what I love and making them happy. And I just, saw a whole nother way of being that wasn't so binary. I was like, I'm going to find a way to continue doing what I do. And I mm -hmm. think I will be able to make them proud of it, this mm -hmm. work I do eventually. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, yeah, I, you know, I've arrived at a place where I talk openly with my mom about my work and she's actually quite wow. proud of me for applying my PhD in teaching yeah. and is really, yeah, just a part of my journey in, mm -hmm. in this career path of being an educatrix. And that's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, at some point I, I don't know, I think I, now that's not about protecting my families, even though my mom does say like, don't tell your relatives, like we'll lose face. Mm -hmm. And so there's one piece of that, I think still, that I want to honor my mom's desires mm -hmm. to, to not be fully out there yet. Mm, and that kind but, of commu communal consent feeling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I've grown to kind of love the the whole persona that's been cultivated by being this veiled mistress. Mm -hmm. I think that when I first started, there was a lot of doms who were anonymous because it was 2005. This was before yeah. Fifty Shades. This was before social media, before yeah. we had this presence. And, and now a lot of doms starting out are fully, you know, just fully out there owning mm -hmm. it. And I think that's amazing. And now I'm like this relic of the early, like this older generation where uh, we weren't fully out. And I think it's somehow it's just become like my persona that I'm like the veiled mistress. Now it's like actually unique mm. <laughs> to some degree that like I've been doing this for almost yeah. two decades and I've still been able to be um, someone anonymous. Yeah. And, um, I love knowing that how I think that's also, there's this piece of like, I love knowing that the people who have seen my face are the people whose face I've seen as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're some, like, you have to, we have to earn this for trust right. from each other. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I love knowing that I could be anywhere and no one could know that I'm Colette. Like I mm. inhabit this whole other side of myself that is really, um, yeah, my whole other private world. And it, it feels very much like, um, I don't know, a superhero vibe, I guess, where it's like, yeah, you don't really know. <laughs> I had an old supervisor that called it, um, 
multiple personality order yeah. <laughs> instead of multiple personality disorder where it's like not splitting so much where we feel like ashamed and so split that it you know affects our mental health negatively but more like that it is okay to have like as we were saying these parts of ourselves and finding finding power in that yeah yeah I, I think I enjoy the anonymity now. Like before yeah. it was done out of like necessity. And now I'm just like, I think I love it. And <laughs> You've reclaimed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Well, how can folks, I, I want people to be able to um, join your mistress class. Um, I know you've got a retreat coming up as well. Um, how can folks hire you and um, yeah, join in what you're doing? Um, they could follow me on my social media on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. And um, they could also find me through my website, pervet.com. And to find out more about Mistress Class, it's pervet.com backslash Mistress Class. And um, yeah, I think mostly just following me on Instagram at Colette Pervet, you'll be able to tune into all the things that are coming up. I'm announcing all the guest Dom speakers for my next spring mistress class and uh, just sharing a lot of myself there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining again, listeners. If you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at sluts and scholars on Twitter at slut scholars. You can listen and find out more info at sluts and scholars.com. And please don't forget to rate and review and check out those advertiser discounts. Hey, slutty scholars, before we wrap up, just a reminder that I am part of an awesome podcast network called Pleasure Podcasts. We feature some of the top sex and relationship podcasts in the world. Here is a trailer from my friend Dixie for one of our other shows, Body Storytelling. Check it out. Do you wish you had a cadre of fun, outrageous friends who'd share their true stories of sex, kink, or gender with you? Well, I have hundreds, nay, thousands of them. And I invite you to join us every week on the Body Storytelling Podcast for a different story told by the person who had the adventure. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator, and the award-winning Body Storytelling Podcast features stories told live on stage in front of hundreds of people. Think Savage Love meets The Moth meets Mortified, and these stories are explicit. You name it, Body's got it. Stories from fetishists, polyamorists, swingers, kinksters, stories from queer, trans, bi, pan, the monogamish, and the open-minded. Body stories may be X-rated, but each tale has a gooey center with heart and real meaning. Body Storytelling is proud to be part of the Pleasure Podcast Network, bringing sex-positive education and storytelling to your ears. I'm Dixie Delator, and I hope you'll join me as I bring you a new uncensored story every week on the Body Storytelling Podcast. Colette, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Such a great conversation.